All right, so we're uh, continuing our series. We're in a series right now. We're going through the book of Galatians, and we've made all the way to verse 10. It's been three Sundays. This is not like me normally. We're usually, you know, motoring through a series like this, but uh, we're really camping in Galatians. Um, and so we've uh, looked at the first 10 verses so far. Last week, we actually camped on verse 10. Uh, And we talked about the people-pleasing trap. And this is such an important, uh, it was such an important sermon uh, for me personally, and I believe for our church, and not just for our church, but for the body of Christ right now. Um, I believe that we are in a time where we as church, as as Christians, really need to break free from the people-pleasing trap in order to effectively communicate the gospel to this generation. We have to. We have to. And so even after last week, I was like pondering and, and, and thinking about Galatians 1.10 and what Paul was saying about not pleasing men and, and, and the, the, just the, the fear of disapproval, the fear of rejection, the fear of expectation and what others expect of me or what other people think of me. This fear, um, how it grips so many of us, I was thinking about it, and I was actually getting more downloads. And I was like, wow, maybe I should do a part two to this uh, sermon, but uh, we're not going to do that, actually. I'm just going to let it steep for a bit. Um, And we're definitely going to revisit that topic because, again, I believe, uh, especially for the church in Canada, specifically in Canada, um, we do need to hear that. We do need to uh, ponder that and break free from uh, the people-pleasing trap so that we can, again... Um, preach the gospel uh, effectively in this generation. But today we're going to move forward um, and we're going to look at uh, Galatians chapter 1 and I'm going to read verse 11 to 24 and this is what it says. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But... When he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. In what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, (coughs) He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. 
and they glorified God because of me. So the title of my message this morning is, What's Your God's Story? Let's pray. God, we acknowledge that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. That God, your word is powerful. And Lord, when you speak to us through your word, amazing things happen. Help us to hear from you this morning clearly. Help me, an imperfect servant, speak what you want to be said under the power of your Spirit. I pray for the anointing to come upon this house to hear from you to be changed by what you say and do what you say. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, for as long as people have existed, probably one of the most effective forms of communicating, perhaps the most powerful form of communication, has been through stories. Stories. Stories are told in every culture. Every culture under the sun has stories that they told about their culture, about the way they live their lives, and they would tell it to one another, to the next generation and the next generation because of how powerfully effective a story is. We're drawn to stories. Stories that shape our worldview Stories that connect us together. Stories that bind us together. We're drawn to stories. Stories are so powerful and people love good stories. Stories aren't just information and concepts. Stories take information and concepts and infuse life into into them. That's what stories do. They take information and concepts and put flesh and bones on it. Gives them color. Stories that communicate success or failure. Stories that communicate victory or defeat. Stories that take a life of its own. Once we hear them, process it, and create our own story. Stories are powerful. Very powerful. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 to 24, Paul is telling a story. And it's more than just a story, it's his God story. He's telling his God story. And he starts like this in verse 11. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. And so he sets things up. Talk about setting up a God story perfectly. This is it. He's setting up his God story by saying this. He's saying, listen everyone, what I'm about to say, the message that I'm about to give, 
I didn't hear it from a person. I didn't read it somewhere. I didn't go to a seminar or a conference and receive information. What I'm about to tell you, I got it directly from a revelation of Jesus Christ. Directly from an encounter with Jesus. That's what I'm sharing to you right now. Right? A revelation. In other words, it's more than just doctrine and theology that Paul is bringing. Which is extremely important, by the way. Theology is important. But if you think about it, Paul had his theology incorrect before meeting Jesus. It was incorrect. The encounter changed his theology. Changed the way he thought about God. Changed the way he thought about Jesus. Changed the way he thought about himself. The encounter with Jesus changed Paul's theology. And the message that he shares now, through this encounter, through the changing of his theology, he shares it through a story. His story. Adding the personal element to it. This is what happened to me. And he goes on and he tells a story. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. And so Paul, when he's telling his story, he begins with the past. He's saying, all right, this is how I used to be. I was different then to who I became. Paul was someone who violently, violently, murderously opposed the gospel and the Jesus movement. He wanted to destroy it. Because in Paul's own words, he was extremely zealous for the traditions of his fathers. He looked at the Christian faith as a threat to his national identity, a threat to his religious identity, it was a threat that needed to be eradicated. That's, that was his view. He tried to destroy the church. And so from the perspective of the church, the early Christians, they would have looked at Paul, using today's language, as an extremist. Because he viewed this movement as a threat and it needed to be erased. It needed to be destroyed. Even to the point where people had to be murdered. That's extremism, religious extremism. I mean, people would call that a terrorist today. That's who Paul was. According, the church would have saw it that way. But something happened to Paul. Something major happened to him. And he says this, But when he who had set me apart before I was born, who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me, Paul had a revelation of Jesus. He encountered Jesus. You could read about it in Acts chapter 9. The conversion of Saul. The conversion of Saul. Paul. Same guy. Saul is the Hebrew word, Hebrew name. Paul's the Greek name. Right? But he was transformed by one encounter with Jesus. It was so powerful that he actually changed directions in his life. A former persecutor of the church a former extremist, religious, political extremist, was now preaching the very gospel he hated. 
And to add to this unfathomable outcome, Paul, a once extremely zealous Jew, was preaching the gospel to Gentiles. It's unbelievable the transformation that happened in Paul's day to Paul. Unbelievable. It was a miracle. Maybe you can indulge me for a moment. This is how I I, I picture this to try to make sense of how huge a deal this was for Paul to become someone who preached the gospel suddenly. This is how I think of it. It would be like if Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea, suddenly has a dramatic encounter. North Korea is is the number one persecutor of the church. If you're a Christian in North Korea, you, you go to jail, you'll die. It would be like the leader of North Korea experiencing the power of Jesus and being converted and suddenly becoming a spirit-filled, born-again lover of Jesus. And then not only that, he begins to preach the gospel to the Japanese. That's how... What? That's how dramatic this was. It was so huge. And you know, the beautiful thing about this story is not the fact for Paul, like Paul being totally transformed. The beautiful thing about that story is not the fact that Paul was this great man. It's that God is awesome. Look what God did. I'll tell you, if Kim Jong-un became a Christian, which I'm praying for, if that happens, who gets the glory? God does. That's an impossible situation. That God can, it can happen. Nothing's impossible with God. In fact, in verse 23, when the church is looking at Paul, they're like, look, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. Wow. A God story directs people to God. A God story communicates that God is real, that God is here, that God knows you, that God knows every detail about your life, and that with God all things are possible to those who believe. That's the power of a God story. A God story glorifies God. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, I I don't have a story like that. Like Paul's. I didn't have this crazy other life that God plucked me out of. Well, though you may not have a crazy conversion story like Paul, most people don't. I believe everyone has and can have God's stories in their lives. Stories that direct people's attention to God through your life. Everyone has a God's story. You know, some of the greatest stories aren't necessarily, although, I mean, a story like Paul's is amazing. And the stories that you'll hear on Huntley Street and on TV, sure, they're amazing. But you know what? Some of the most powerful stories are ones that talk about our day-to-day lives. 
that point to our our day-to-day lives. I mean, look at some of the famous shows that we watch, right? Friends, Seinfeld. Anyone watch Seinfeld, by the way? Yeah. So funny. The Office, anyone? Okay. It's just simple, day-to-day lives. But we're so drawn to it because we, we love stories like that. And you know, those day-to-day lives, those, those stories from our day-to-day lives can be profound. They're stories that keep us feeling connected to one another. They're powerful. And God's stories are no different. Some of the most profound God stories come from our day-to-day lives where God shows us a little glimpse of his presence in our lives. And often it seems like a small thing. But no matter how small you think your God story is, you can never underestimate the power of a God story. Because again, a God story, your God story, can direct someone's attention to God and connect them to God. A number of years ago, I was working as a shift supervisor for the Oasis Drop-In Center for Ray of Hope. It was a, a little, uh, I'm sure most of, some of you have heard about my time there, uh, working as a, a, just in the drop-in center where people would come in for meals every day. Um, the homeless, those who are uh, in need, they would come and we would give out a meal every day. And I was, I was working there and I met a lot of different people um, and was in contact with a lot of people who struggled with mental health, struggled with addictions, um, and it just, it just it really opened my eyes being there. Um, but there was this one young man that I met, and uh, he would come in regularly, every day, actually, um, and there was a pool table there, and he would play pool. I would play pool with him and just get to know him. And uh, I found out not long after meeting him that he was a drug dealer, um, he was part of one of the street gangs uh, in Kitchener, um, and that's who he was. And so I was like, oh, better not mess with this guy kind of thing. Um, but uh, he'd come in every day, and I'd see him on the shifts that I was working. Now, back then, we didn't have the luxury of Bible apps on smartphones, okay? It's quite amazing how far we've come in 12 years. I mean, to think... You could have a bi- the entire Bible on your phone, and you could listen to it, the whole thing, and it's free. Well, back then, we didn't have that. I had a flip phone. Remember those? Just flip, and texting was like, you got to push a number 15 times. Wow, those, are, that's like a, those can be in museums now, right? <laughs> Anyone still have one of those? No, it's good. <laughs> um, but uh, back then, I had a Bible on CD. That was the latest thing. That was like, whoa. Actually, Bible on MP3 was just coming out then in like a USB stick. But I had a Bible on CD. It was like this thick, like with like, I don't know how many, 20 CDs or something. And this was my prized possession. I loved it. I saved up for it. It cost like $100 for this. Isn't that crazy? You can get a free Bible app today. I spent $100 12 years ago on a Bible on CD, which today is probably priceless. It's a museum artifact now, right? But uh, it was just something I really cherished. I was like, oh, I love this. Well, one day I was at Ray of Hope at at Oasis Drop-In Center, and you know what? 
a God thought just comes in my mind. Do you know, you know the type that I'm think, talking about? It's a thought that it's just not your own thought and you know it because it can't be from your own thoughts. It was a God thought. I knew it was a God thought because this is what it said. This is what God said to me. He said, I want you to give your Bible on CD to that, that young man, the one that was, you know, a drug dealer and um, would come in and play pool every day. Give your Bible on CD to him. And I was like, but I haven't even opened it yet. I haven't even used it yet. Really, God? But he won't even listen to it. So I was having this conversation with God in my own head. Like, God, that'd be a waste. Like, there was no, there was no indication that he would follow Jesus. I, I mean, there was no, really? And so finally, God wins, right? I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. And so I gave him this Bible on CD. And he was very thankful. Wow, thank you. And that was 12 years ago. Recently, I saw this young man. In fact, he came to Trinity a few months ago. It was really neat uh, to see him. And I learned that he, this man who used to be a street dealer, is now a street preacher. You know what I'm saying? Unbelievable. Over the years, God's been working in his life. And, you know, giving him the Bible on CD was like a teeny, teeny part of what God was doing in his life. But there was a lot. He went to Teen Challenge, got clean, got sober, got transformed, and is now serving Jesus. It's amazing. He serves God at the Ray of Hope uh, Community Center at their chapel. God did an amazing thing in his life. And the former people that he used to sell to are looking at him thinking, maybe God is real. Look what happened to this guy. It's unbelievable. And so when I saw him, it just showed me so much about God. That no one is too far gone for Jesus to redeem it showed me the power of God's love and his relentless pursuit of people. And it showed me that one little act of love and generosity can help completely transform someone's life. It's a little Bible on CD. Nothing. It was nothing. Yet God used it to contribute to the many things he was doing to transform his life. Isn't that amazing? Do you see the power of a God story? It may seem small, but it communicates a lot, doesn't it? It communicates a lot about God. So let me turn things over to you. Do you have a God story in your life? Think about it. And you know, it may take some time to remember it may take some time to ponder it and think about it. That's okay. That's okay. But I want to encourage you. Maybe I'll ask you a question to help set that up. Has God shown you something or done something in your life recently? Maybe you sat with your Bible sometime in the last little while and you read it 
and you experienced a refreshing in your soul and it built faith in you. You were going through a certain situation, you were struggling, and God just speaks out of his word. And it's like manna. Yes, I needed to hear that. And it brings this aha moment. Because, you know, when we're stuck in that pattern of thought where it's like fear, anxiety, worry, fear, anxiety, worry, it, it feels like our minds are clogged. But one word from God, and it unclogs that. And it's like, whoa, that aha moment. Yes. Has that happened to you recently? Maybe you were listening to something on the way to work on Faith FM, something that Pastor Ken Miles said on the radio, and it's like, wow, that just broke through and that just spoke into the situation I'm going through right now. I love when that happens, right? Those aha moments. Has that happened to you recently? Maybe you prayed for something or you prayed for someone and the very thing you prayed for happened. And it's like, wow. What do you experience when that happens? You're like, wow, God heard my prayer. God really cares to hear my prayers and to answer it in such an amazing way. Maybe you bumped into someone this past week. You haven't heard from them or seen them in a long time, but God's just placed them on your heart for some reason. And all of a sudden, there they are. Whoa. Has that kind of thing ever happened to you recently? It's like, wow. Wow. These God moments, they can become God's stories. Stories of God working in your life. Stories of God showing you that he is in your life and that he knows you, that he knows every detail about you. You know, it's such a powerful experience, experiencing being known by God. God knows every detail about my life. Wow. Now, the danger with this is that we could so easily dismiss a God encounter or a God moment. We can dismiss them. When something happens, really cool happens, we can fall into the trap of thinking, oh, that was just coincidence. Uh, Or, that wasn't that big of a deal. Right? We may even totally dismiss it and let it pass by without giving it much thought. But I want to encourage you, when a God moment happens in your life, let it sink in. Let it sink in. Let it steep in your spirit. Like a tea bag that's placed into a teapot with water. Let the tea steep. If you pour it right after putting the tea bag in, what happens? The essence of the tea is not in the tea. Am I right? Same thing with the revelation. God shows you something. Let it soak into your spirit. Let it sink. Let it steep. Ponder and meditate on it. Psalm 77 verse 12 says, I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Let it steep. And I've, here are a few questions you can ask yourselves when a God moment happens, how to ponder it. Here's a few questions you can ask to let it steep. What does this say about God? Wow. I just had an answer to prayer. What does it say about God? God is a loving, 
father that cares about the little details of my life. Wow. Thank you, God. And you know what happens when we do that? When we ponder and you're like, it steeps in your spirit. And then ask, well, what does this say about me in relation to God? I'm his child and that he's mindful of me. I'm one of 7.3 billion people. 7.2, 7.6, 8 billion people in this world. (laughs) And yet, he knows me. He must really love me. He must really love us. And then how has this encounter helped my life, changed my life, altered my life, given me a perspective that I didn't have before? Ponder this. Ponder these things. And once it seeps into your spirit, it becomes a God story that can be poured out to help others experience God through your life. And so I want to give us some time and space to ponder our God stories today, to form our God stories. But before I do, I just want to say this, okay? I just want to say this. You know, the church has been hearing statistics. I've said this before at Trinity many times. But we've been hearing, and we continue to hear it. We were at our regional gathering uh, a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. And again, somebody mentioned the statistics of the church and how the young generation... So between the ages of 18 and 35 are leaving the church. Many are leaving the faith. We hear about that a lot. And there's many different reasons for that. Many different reasons. And I won't go into that. But I believe with every fiber of my being that God wants that generation. I believe there's a mark on that generation to take the gospel to the next generation and to the next until Jesus returns. I believe that God's going to do something mighty in that generation. And you know what? I believe they need to hear the gospel. But I believe they need to hear it not primarily through doctrine and theology, as important as those things are. Of course they are. But not primarily that way. Not primarily through steps to get there kind of a program. Okay? It's through stories of God encountering you. Us encountering God and sharing what just happened. How my life was before I found this about Jesus. This thing that happened, how was my life before that? Then, what happened? Something powerful happened. And then, how has it changed my life? That is going to be how we communicate the gospel to this generation. And let me tell you something. It will preach. Because they're looking for an encounter. This generation's looking for an encounter. Your God story can posture, 
position people to encounter God themselves and create a new testimony for themselves in this very moment. Your God story can position a person to not only hear the gospel, but experience, experience the power of it. Because the gospel is the power of God for salvation. So let's take a moment now. I want to encourage you to pray and ponder. What has God done in your life recently? Was there something that happened where you were like, wow, God. Ponder that. Ask yourself those questions. What does it say about God? What does this say about my life? How has my life been changed because of this? And then when you're ready, I want to encourage you to share it with someone. Share it with someone next to you. Share it with somebody that God highlights to you. But that's what we're going to do right now. So it's going to be like a soft dismissal. Okay? I know for some of us, we have to go. Please don't feel bad for going. I know if you have to go, you have to go. Parents, of course, when you have to get your kids, that's of course. But I want to encourage you to just let, let's, us, let's steep in this moment, okay? And let's connect to God. Um, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pray um, before. And again, it's a soft dismissal. You can go um, whenever you need to go. So Father, we just want to come before you once again and uh, want to acknowledge that you are awesome in power. Mighty are your deeds. And Father, we thank you for all the different things, all the different ways that you work in our lives. And some, though they may seem small, have such a powerful impact in our lives to bring us closer to you and, cl- and to that place where we can be free, experience freedom, experience joy, unspeakable, full of glory. Help us to remember those things right now, Lord, as we take time to to meditate and ponder your deeds in our lives. Let us steep in our encounters with you and form those stories that we can tell to those around us, to the next generation, so that they may glorify you because of what you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name.